Welcome to So What Sustainability, a podcast series by Apricot Consulting. I'm your host, James McHugh, one of the leaders in the corporate social impact team. In this series, we explore leading trends and provide practical advice about environmental, social and governance issues and opportunities facing businesses and society. Managing climate risks has become all too real for many companies in Australia over the past couple of years. Fires, floods and other natural disasters have become far too common thanks to the impacts of climate change. Businesses are in many ways on the front line, both with dealing with and creating innovative solutions to lessen the current impact of climate change, as well as to help our economy transition to a lower carbon economy by 2050. Perhaps one of the most exposed sectors to the impacts of climate change is our physical infrastructure, roads, transport and buildings. So today I'm joined by Alexandra Monson, Group Manager of Sustainability at Ventia. So welcome, Alexandra. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Alexandra, firstly, tell us a little bit more about your journey into sustainability. Uh, thanks, James. Uh, I'm based in Melbourne. Um, I'm on Wurundjeri Woiwurrung country uh, in the Kulin Nation here. Uh, and I would like to start with uh, by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of country and pay my respects to them, their cultures and their elders past, present and emerging. Uh, my journey into sustainability, James, is probably familiar to many. I, I come from a background of environmental management. Uh, first in construction and then 15 years in operations and maintenance in the transport sector. And I find environmental professionals, we're always seeking continuous improvement in what we do and positive outcomes for the environment, uh, which was a really good foundation to build a sustainability role. And it was certainly at a time when a lot of change was happening broadly in community um, and in business, and it was really good fit at that time to transition from purely environment into sustainability. Um, and I brought my experience from the transport sector into a broader group-wide role with Ventia. And so Ventia is an essential infrastructure services provider in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we operate across four sectors, uh, transport, defence and social infrastructure, telecommunications and infrastructure services. But we work behind the scenes, we're keeping essential infrastructure working, whether that's maintaining roads, connecting people to faster telecommunication networks, remediating contaminated land and keeping our hospitals and schools running too. Great, great. And, and in your journey as the Group Manager of Sustainability, how have you identified what are the important focus areas for Ventia? Um, and, and also, how does it inform your broader business strategy? So we undertook a materiality assessment, so um, a survey talking to our important stakeholders um, to identify what's of most importance to them. And then we published our, our new sustainability strategy last year. So making sure that we're focused on the important issues to those around us, whether that's our clients, um, other agencies, and importantly, our own people as well. And so our new uh, sustainability strategy um, to create a lasting and positive legacy for people and planet, it's really integral to our business strategy. And in fact, sustainability is one of our three peers in our overall business strategy, uh, really recognising the opportunity that it brings to our business. So it is a mind shift change from 
you know, minimising environmental impact and thinking about sustainability in that way to thinking, well, actually, there's a lot we can do here in support of our, our customers, our clients uh, and the communities that we work in as well. So across the three ESG pillars, which our strategy is built around, um, we have that internal and external focus across all our objectives. For example, under our environmental pillar, we're committed to achieving net zero emissions for us and reducing our clients' emissions. So again, internal what we do and external that impact for others. And we're committed to setting science-based targets to drive real emissions reduction. And so the actions required to deliver on these targets are really crucial to be incorporated into all that we do. Great, great. And when I was doing a little bit of research, reading up on Ventier and uh, your sustainability initiatives, I saw that uh, that you're using the Task Force for Climate-Related Disclosures, the TCFDs, many of our listeners would uh, know what they are, to align and reporting your progress against. Uh, so in the TCFDs, they reference risks related to both transition to a low carbon economy uh, and mitigation against the physical impacts of climate change. How, for Ventia, how much of a challenge is it to try and balance both of those priorities? It's certainly easier to identify those physical impacts to our operations and our people. Uh, and you mentioned at the start of this, this call around those, those physical events that we, we're seeing. And um, so the, the recent flooding on the, the East Coast, bushfires, uh, experience, experiences like those help our teams appreciate that side of assessing climate risk and opportunity. And certainly where they are very close to an asset or a piece of infrastructure um, and operations for our clients, they can tangibly see and, and quantify that. Transition risk is not as straightforward to understand um, as we found. However, Ventia's approach is to assess both types of risks supported by a scenario analysis. So thinking about the different types of things um, in a changing uh, environment, whether it is um, sort of a more um, rapid physical um, change, change or, or whether it's more a policy uh, and other transitional um, impacts driving um, those impacts to Ventia. And providing examples of different types of transition risk and the potential impacts such as policy change that could increase cost of materials, for example, um, that then makes it tangible and our teams can relate what are those, those transition risks likely to be. We started the assessment with our telecommunication team last year, and we're currently undertaking a series of workshops with um, teams in each of our business lines. Uh, I've been really impressed with the engagement from across the teams. And I think that's because our, our leaders are keen to understand the opportunities as well as the risks. Uh, sometimes we think risk can be a little bit dry, certainly important to know. And for a business like Ventia to be able to um, articulate those risks internally and external to stakeholders and in investors alike. Uh, but it's also very important for our teams to understand to embrace those opportunities um, and to support our clients then with implementation of strategies to increase resilience or transition to lower carbon operations. 
Great. And, and you touched on this and it takes me to my next question, kind of moving from risk management to, to resilience or climate resilience. And it's something in the latest in the 2022 IPCC report uh, that they talked about extensively about moving from climate risk management to climate resilience and developing our climate resilience. Uh, what are you seeing by way of innovation and progress towards more resilient solutions, particularly in infrastructure design? Yeah, that's a great question. I think resilience is sort of a, a topic that's on everyone's lips <laughs> at the moment. Um, if we think about resilience in the context of a, an asset, such as a piece of road infrastructure, yes, it's of course important to consider the risk to that infrastructure from an impact such as a frequent and extreme storm events or flooding, but that piece of infrastructure, that road, is also important for the resilience of that local area and the community. So there's, it's important for the broader context to be considered. Mm. I like to think um, roads connect people. So a, a road isn't just the black stuff that you drive on. I think that's we've got away from thinking about physical infrastructure like that. Um, it's really um, a way to move people from one area to the other. So it needs to be resilient to support that connectivity in those communities through you know, changing and increased pressures that will occur. Um, certainly, we're seeing consideration of how assets support resilience in major infrastructure projects, um, including focus on the inclusion of active transport and opportunities for communities to use green space associated with road designs. So that's really positive. It's also useful to hear the voice of the asset owner, the operators and maintainers who can identify ways to increase resilience over the life cycle of that asset through um, design or selection of um, equipment or materials, which may lead to less intervention or disruption over the asset life. So something may need to be changed less over, over the life. Um, so recently we saw that with the Western Harbour Tunnel in, in Sydney, um, where Ventia as a services contractor was engaged early by Transport for New South Wales ahead of the design and construction. Um, so there's the opportunity there to provide that input to ensure whole of life resilience in design. And, and that's a really nice, um, uh, a nice aspect of what we're seeing in our industry now, that consideration of long-term impacts. But it's not only new project design where resilience is an important consideration. Uh, at the Eastlink tunnels in Victoria, where Ventura and an alliance partner with Eastlink, uh, when the ventilation system was upgraded, a key consideration was an outcome of significant reduction in energy demand um, for that system and for the system to be able to respond to a changing traffic dynamic. So realising we don't necessarily need to just change like for like, let's think about the use of that asset into the future and how it can be more resilient. But outside of transport, other sectors also identifying ways to build resilience. Uh, for example, the Australian Department of Defence is updating um, bases for energy efficiency with as assistance from Ventia. Energy security and resilience is a significant and growing focus for many sectors. Uh, and also another aspect of resilience I like to think about is resilience throughout the supply chain. Uh, it's important, and we saw through COVID, that the impact on supply chains are all manner of businesses. 
Uh, and we saw that trend toward buying local where we can and supporting local communities and, and appreciating the resilience to communities by buying local. And I see the opportunities for collaboration with our suppliers and subcontractors, not only to secure the resilience of supply chain, but also supporting them in areas around decarbonisation as well. So therefore supporting their resilience in this changing, particularly around transition risks. Uh, and that then supports you know, throughout that all that value chain, downstream, upstream to our clients, there's, there's benefits for all parties in that process. Where are you seeing some of the challenges to your business or maybe even more broadly across industry for companies with an environmental strategy, maybe it's their net zero strategy, to achieve their sustainability objectives? Yeah, we hear a number of challenges um, businesses are facing, including knowledge and skill and, and resourcing to deliver on strategy, as well as limitations in available technology or acceptance of new products to comply with standards. And I know that I appreciate there's a number of different things and different challenges in that one sentence there. Um, so sometimes it can see this seem like there's so much to do. And where do you start? Uh, for Ventia, setting our strategy was a really important first step because like we've talked about before, it's about helping us focus on priorities and ensuring alignment of our leadership team. So be very clear on the what and the why. It really helps you get started on the how by having everyone aligned. Um, I'm sure many of us have experienced a challenge around data and understanding the extent of our emissions when we're, we're talking about net zero. For a business as varied as Ventia, understanding and setting targets for scope three emissions is certainly challenging. Um, it's also essential that we do that. Um, but I think industry as a whole, um, we're all developing our understanding and our approach to scope three. We don't all have the answers straight away. Um, and it is important to start uh, to make that commitment and address the important aspects that you can first. And we will all continue to develop that understanding and, and do things better as we work through the journey together. Given your extensive experience as group manager at Ventia, um, I, I like to just ask our guests, you know, if for our listeners out there, what are some of the key learnings that you could share Um with those that are starting out on their sustainability journey or maybe have a more mature ESG portfolio, um, what are some of the learnings that you've you've really taken uh, throughout your experience in your role? I think there's a few um, learnings I'd like to share. So the first one is really around uh, people. Um, we, I think we've, we've come from a space where we're tending to think that sustainability or environmental performance is driven by those who have that in their title. Um, what I've realised is that um, often the best ideas and the, the, the biggest impacts um, are realised from those who are, are close to delivering the work. So they, they could be from all manner of roles across the organisation. So um, it's really being uh, tuned into where those ideas and that the passion is across the business. Um, and a lot of that comes back to that setting the strategy being very clear that it's important to the business to work to that shifting mindsets across the organisation. That recognition that sustainability is a deliverable for all of us, no matter our role, not just your sustainability leader. And from that step, then we can identify what are the, the systems and approaches that need to change. But really, it comes from our people and embracing that, that, that knowledge and passion within the teams. Um, 
Secondly, um, really sharing our successes uh, unashamedly. And, and if you've seen Ventier on LinkedIn, uh, we love to share the things that our teams do really well and the positive impact that they can have across, whether it's social or environmental, um, all the different ways that we can, we can touch and impact um, any of the elements around sustainability. And what I've seen is the more we do that, it, it gains this momentum and there is a lot of sharing and picking up on that. And there's an example that we share from one team in one um, area of the business, and that resonates with someone else in another area. And you just get this growth and this momentum happening from that. And it really does help to embed that culture more than you know talking about a strategy document, sharing tangible examples and successes internally and externally as well. We need to recognise um, that other people maybe doing some things much better than we are. And let's learn from that. Let's embrace that. At the end of the day, we're all trying to do the same thing and we do all need to achieve the same things to uh, align to a 1.5 degree future. So um, let's bring all the learnings we can in and all share you know, amongst organisations as well. Um, and my final point, I think, related to um, when we're talking about challenges before is really get to get started. I think wherever you are on the journey as an organization if you're if you're at the beginning and you don't have all the the data and the information yet that's okay you can continue to work on that but what can you do now that would have a tangible impact or would resonate with your people or with your external stakeholders what's the one thing to get you moving now and i think that would resonate as true wherever we are in the journey what's the next thing what's the next thing we want to do even while we don't have all the answers and we're still all working towards those same goals what are we working on next i love that i really do um people irrespective of your title you've got a role to play in the company's sustainability strategy communication let's share this success let's share the learnings internally and externally as well it drives motivation towards those goals and it, it and it creates an opportunity for those shared learnings as well and thirdly uh you don't have to have all your ducks in a row just get started uh and once you get going you'll you'll kind of find your way uh and i think that's that will resonate for large and small companies uh both in Australia and all over the world, I think, as we try to figure out, well, what's our role to play in, in as you said, hitting those 1.5 degree targets. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much for joining me today. It was very informative. I really appreciate it. To our listeners, please be sure to check out Ventia online and on their website and or on their social media. You can check them out at, uh, on their LinkedIn page. If you'd like more information about any of what Alexandra has talked about regarding their sustainability strategy, um, and you can have a look at their inaugural sustainability report, which is on their website, just search ventia.com forward slash sustainability. Uh, to our listeners, Please be, uh, for more information about Apricot Consulting, please visit us at our website and subscribe to this podcast series. You can also follow me, James McHugh, on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on So What Sustainability.